Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela today. How do you know when your life has changed? It's not always in the moment the life-changing moment happens. It can be a little further down the line, but how do you know? And what constitutes a life change? I'm going to talk about that in depth, but first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, it seems lately... Everything's been a little 3D. Yeah. And you've been feeling a little down. I have been. You've been in the dumps a little bit. Yeah. You know, you've been trying not to give it to me. You know, we we, we consciously... We do. Yeah, we talk about this, <laughs> you know, because you've been down the last couple of days and you're like, has it gone? Have you have you caught it? Have you caught it yet? And I think I caught it, but then I, I broke out of it. Oh, good. So sometimes you, we catch each other's downness. Yeah, our low vibes. Yeah, our low vibes are contagious yes. in this house. Yeah, I've been re- it's true. And I try to be conscientious of, like, I try to just keep my mouth shut, basically. Yeah. And then, like, yesterday afternoon, you, you kind of saw me, like, slumped over a little bit. And you're like, did you catch it? Did you get it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but I kind of think I did a little bit. Oh, I'm but sorry. then I broke out of it. I, I don't have it bad. You have it a little worse than I do right now. I'm but- really sad. Like, I don't. I don't know how else to say it. Like, it's really, I don't know. And when I get like this, I'm getting emotional. Okay. Because I've really been upset. Right. And this isn't even about me because obviously there's horrible things going on in the news. And for the past several years, a lot of horrible things have been going on. This isn't like a new thing. But I feel like I'm just, and this isn't, like I said, about me and it's not happening to me. It's just very upsetting. And what really rubs against it is superficiality. So it's been really hard for me to go online or post anything that I don't feel is meaningful enough to post. You know, little things like that or or seeing people talking about stuff that doesn't matter. Like it to me it just irks me. It really upsets me. Okay. Because there's such suffering happening right now and um okay, I, so I, I, I'm so, really sad. So I think kind of what you're saying here and again there's oh the world is just been a suffering all the time. Yeah, that's just the world. That's but, but people. For, that's humans, moment, right. which is apparent but, more yeah. times than others. Yes. Right. But for the last few weeks, you know, we've been seeing all these images of, you know, of children being killed and, yes. and dying, and hospitals being destroyed. Yeah. And then what you're saying, I think, is then you go on to social media yeah. and you see some, <laughs> you know, weirdo influencer trying to sell her little handbag, you know, or you know, someone like out. Hey, look at me, vacation, and you can't handle it. I can't. It's like I, an elephant in the I, the room type thing. Yes, and we've talked about this. Like we can't. A lot of us sensitive people, we can't handle elephants in the room. Right. But so, I've just been very low. So I try when I'm low not to talk because <laughs> okay. a lot I get very very dark very easily and it's hard for me to talk to anybody because I can't do small talk like I'll go right into very upsetting things so I know that I'm not like a social socially acceptable person right now so I've just been trying to like isolate and stay away um yeah okay I mean it's it's hard it's hard and I know a lot of us and I guess I wanted to talk about it because when the world is so in your face 3D, so in, in your face, third dimensional, which means ego-based, the fear, the suffering, the absolute waste, the human, just waste of human life, um, and you just see it. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard to be like, wow, I'm part of this. And it, it's very easy to get sucked in and be like, but how, how can I do anything? How can I help? What's the point? It just keeps happening. Um. So I hope I didn't give all of you my low vibes. Everyone, everyone, like collective low vibe. Uh, but I mean, I think a lot of us feel this way. I know I can't be the only one. I know a lot of you feel this way. It's hard to like, listen to anything like celebrity gossip or this or that. Like, I don't, who cares if Kanye and is and Pete Davidson are fighting? Like, I don't care. Like, it's so like, there's real things happening that are awful and we should all focus on helping that or, or giving attention to that or whatever. So anyways, if you, if you need to red rant, oh. if you want to turn the tables here, go for it. <laughs> Thank you. No, I just, I can't, I can't. So it's been, but I think you take it with you. So if you, if, and I think a lot of our audience does as well. The indigos and the blues, right? A, a lot of people like they take it with them throughout the day. So yeah. you see it in the morning. You wake up in the morning. You put on the Today Show, yeah. and you see, you know, bombed out shelters, whatever. You know, kids without their parents, and the dads leaving. 
and you feel horrible yes. and, you, and you can't shake it. And, and for me, and this is my take on it from a red, okay? So I, I see it too and I feel horrible and I get like really angry and, you know, I'm saying, man, you know, Zelensky, you got to come through, man. And, I'm, and, you know, but then I go about my day. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, it might be in the back of my mind and here and there I might get like angry or upset or, or a little tearful too, but then I... They go on with the day. I don't, and I don't think a lot of our listeners can do that. I think that that might be the problem. Yeah, like I saw a picture of a family killed by a bomb, and they were fleeing. They were just refugees fleeing. They were just trying to flee their own town, and they got killed. And they there was like news footage of them just laying there on the street, and there was their pet cat in a carrier. The rest of the day, I'm like, what the hell happened to that cat? Like seriously, yeah. like where's the cat? I hope somebody let the cat out of that carrier. Like I've been, I was thinking about that. So I can't get that image out of my head. Now I am here and I'm privileged to live here and I'm safe. And this isn't happening to me. Like I know it, it, it isn't. And like I've donated and, you know, I try to call attention on my Instagram, like donate to UNICEF or like, but I try to do the things that I can do. But to me, it's just hard to shake it yeah. because, and like, and like we said, like this has been happening throughout history. I mean, in 2018, the crisis at the border, like when that was being highlighted, I was upset by that. And, and the Syrian refugees, that was really like, I could go through it. The Haitian refugees that were just living under, I mean, that was awful. Like, dude, dude, dude. but this one's especially a little scary to me because I live with Mr. Historian over here <laughs> And so when I ask something like, hey, why can't the U.S. help? Like, what, you know. Yeah. I'm, and then I get the, the real answers. Yeah. I mean, I think like three or four times already you've asked me, yeah. will World War III come? And I'm not, I, I don't think so. I, I, my take on it is I don't think it will. And, you know, looking at history from just a historic – and again, I, I could be totally wrong on this. I'm not a psychic either. <laughs> yeah, so, and I don't do worldwide you know, predictions. That's yeah. not my thing. I don't do those. You know, Ru- Russia throughout history – and I don't know if we have any Russian list- listeners, but they've been kind of like a paper tiger. They've always had this like really large, you know, growl and there's nothing behind it. Okay. Um, not to say that they didn't fight valiantly in World War II when yeah. the Nazis invaded their country. Yeah. You know, there was a time. Well, there's the Russian people. Right. And that's different than what's going on yeah. right now. But yeah, but the, they've always kind of been, like, you, you think they're this massive, huge, and unstoppable force. And that's probably because the amount of land they have. They have this massive tract of land. Uh, but a lot of that land is frozen or there's nothing there. Okay. Um. But you know why they've always been weak? Because financially, they, 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 their economy is is fragile. Okay. You know, they're not as strong as other nations economically. Uh-huh. So, you know, the Russians, they've always had a lot of men, but they they, they kind of are, their bite is, was that the, the bite is The worse, bark is, is bigger worse, than the bite. Right. The bark is bigger than the bite. So, I, I mean, I, again, they do have nuclear weapons and they do have a crazy man in charge. Um, so... And he uh, freaks anything can me happen. Out. Yeah, like, he, he's Putin, freaky. Putin freaks me out because, yeah. like, when I look at him, people are like, is he chameleon green? You know, when I talk about chameleon greens, these are like people that fit in to wherever they, they can fit in, or they're people that say what you need to hear in the moment. Um, but they also usually have some sort of ridiculous insecurity that they're hiding. Putin owns it. Like, he is very green. There's no other color, it's just green. I even hesitate giving him a color because it doesn't even feel like other green people because green people aren't bad. No aura color is bad, by the way. It's just, he's just like one very bright green color. I mean, this guy owns it. It's kind of like, um, he's just, I'm a bad guy and he's cool with that. Like he doesn't, so he's confident in himself and he has no conscience. So that scares me. It's not like other leaders that we've seen um, who are kind of buffoons or you're like, okay, whatever. Like he's bluffing or this or that. Like, no, I think he means it. So And and he is very smart. So all that. So that that freaks me out too. Um, and just the implications, I feel like, that we feel over here, like how we talk to our kids about all this. And it's, okay. it's, hard, it's hard to watch. All right. Let's take a little break. Things are heavy. We'll simmer down a little. Did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year and... 
If that's not bad enough, each bottle can be made of more than 90% water. That's a lose-lose situation for the planet. People, it is 2022. Stop wasting water and throwing out more plastic and get Blueland's revolutionary refill cleaning system instead. Blueland's idea is simple and beautiful. You buy the bottle once, refill it forever, no more plastic waste. The only thing you need to discard is your outdated idea that eco-friendly products are more expensive and less effective. Just fill Blueland's beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water, pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes, you have a powerful cleaning product in the most incredible scent. From their best-selling clean essentials kits, which by the way, is a great housewarming gift for somebody. It is the most beautiful and fun thing to open um, to their hand soap duo and plastic free laundry and dishwasher tablets. Blueland has something for every inch of your home and backed by very popular demand is Blueland's toilet tablet cleaner and it smells amazing. So get that before it sells out again. Blueland's stunning high quality forever bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit and are meant to be reused forever with money saving refill tablets that start at just $2. Try Blueland today. You'll love it and the planet will thank you. I clean my whole house, every inch of it with Blueland. I have every single one of their products. I purchased them regularly. I've kept it up. I will never go back because they're so effective and I feel good about using them. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash KYA. That's 20% off your first order of any Blueland products at blueland.com slash KYA. That's blueland.com slash KYA. Well, I just have to tell you all about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Add a gallery wall to your home or send the perfect gift from art prints and diplomas to the photo sitting on your phone, you can frame bridge just about anything. So here's how it works. So easy. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at just $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code K. Y-A. Order online at framebridge.com or stop by a Framebridge store to work with a designer in person if you're in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago. I have sent Framebridge pieces to all my family, and they come lovely, lovely packaged. They high quality. The frames look way more expensive than they are. Get started today, frame your photos, or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code KYA to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code KYA. That's framebridge.com, promo code KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So when I'm low vibe, (laughs) Scotty likes to make me laugh. And since today we're talking about how you know when your life has changed, he has compiled a list of pivotal moments, or so he says, from when he knows his life has changed and what he went through during those times. Yes. And, you know, as people know, I'm the indigo whisperer. You are. And one of the things I like to do, because we've just depressed everyone for the first 10 minutes of the show, (laughs) pretty much everyone is depressed now. If anyone is listening and is not depressed, you have no soul. Okay, so <laughs> okay, fine. Then, then you're a real red. Okay. <laughs> you told me that you don't get like depressed. I think uh, it's just because you, li- you live with me. I was so depressed after the first ten minutes. I, you know, I forget it. Okay, so what I compiled were some moments in my life, and these are true. These are very serious things happened, and I'm not going to make. I'm not even trying to make you laugh. Okay. These are five moments. All right. Okay. So now there we, are serious things for I, you. Yes. Apparently. And I believe we've talked about these moments on the podcast before. So if you haven't listened, we'll just kind of refresh them a okay. little bit. You know, you don't have to listen to all 120 episodes or whatever we have now. All right. This, very serious. Number one, the time that I broke the waffle machine at the Hilton Garden Inn. I think that was life-changing for you, all kidding aside. No, it really was. 
I mean, after it happened, you know, I was mocked by the family. Everyone mocked me. Well, let me just, I have to say what happened. Okay, yeah, you so what we were at the Hilton Garden Inn and just, in Georgia. And just to preface it, you're a diamond member, which you're like super proud of. <laughs> so you're the Hilton Diamond member. Mr. Big Bucks. And, you know, we, you're super proud of it. We're at the Garden Inn. Right. And the Garden Inn. the buffet breakfast pre COVID. And you don't know how to work the waffle machine, which means it's just like where you take the cup. And you're supposed to push. It says on the button push so that the waffle mix goes into the cup. Well, you pulled and you kept pulling right. and you pulled it completely apart. And waffle mix, like with all the hydrogenized fats and oils that is very hard to clean up. But as we saw, spilled all over the table and the floor. And it was like it was like a gelatinous monster coming at all the breakfast people. Right, right. And there was like all of a sudden 10 people, you know, that what, just what they want to do at 8 a.m. first thing in the morning at, jo- at their job, cleaning it up. Yes, okay. And you're like, okay. oops. All right. We get the idea. We get the idea. Okay. <laughs> and we told you that they were going to revoke your diamond membership. And, yeah. And we, I think you were punished for a while. Yes, and I, for a while I didn't believe you guys. And then, you know, I, I noticed small things, like my life just really going downhill after that. You know, I basically was like a pariah in the family. <laughs> you guys just mocked me, like incessant mocking of yeah, me. Yeah, the kids were drawing pictures of it. And then I kind of noticed, you know, anytime we, we, we could, you know, we usually always stay at a Hilton you know, they weren't being so friendly to me every time. Yeah, you always you get know. your free upgrades yeah. or your extra waters or your freebies. Right. You know, one time, <laughs> you know, Doubletree, they give you a cookie. Mine was half eaten. Okay. Yeah. Who gives a half eaten well, cookie? Well, I think they had you blacklisted. I yeah. think that like as soon as they typed in your name, there's like a little note. Yeah. Waffle machine broken. Broke. Right. Watch this guy. Yeah. And I'm I'm not even joking. Like I think so. Because yeah. you weren't getting upgrades. People were like, no. no. They just weren't treating you with Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I know. They, I mean, they almost, it was almost like they didn't want me there or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm off that list now, but that was life-changing for me, okay? <laughs> it was very life-changing. <laughs> and, you know, last time we went to Hilton, I did get an upgrade, so I think I'm off. Okay. okay. All right. No, that's, that's number Very one. deep. Right. Very right. deep. Okay. All right. Number two. Finding the boxers in the Key West Hotel. Okay. okay again, going back to hotels here. <laughs> it was another, of course, Hilton. It was. And if you don't know, we... We went to the pool and we were doing our thing. It was and we last came, summer. Yeah, last summer. summer we came back yeah. and we went onto the balcony, whatever, the deck, whatever, and there was a pair of men's boxers. Random. Random. But you like picked them up and touched them and you were like, Megan, whose are these? Right. And I was like, ew, I don't know. And then you just like threw them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were medium. Um, I don't know if that matters. <laughs> you really remember. <laughs> They weren't expensive boxers. They were no. like cheap Hanes. Yeah. Okay. So thin material. You know, after that happened, you know, I I forgot about it. You know, it was on my mind, but then I forgot about it. And then, like, strange things kind of happened after okay. that. You know, I got a few weird DMs. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I was being stalked. Do you feel like you're? You have like a, a know your aura stalker. Yeah, I had a know your aura stalker. Oh my god! Yeah, but what happened? Did they break up with you? Like they don't stalk you anymore? They decided no, to unstalk um, you. That's not true because there was another pair of boxers we found at another time. I didn't tell you about that. No. Yeah, I'll tell you about that after. So you're so cool. You have a know your aura stalker. <laughs> Is this right. what you're telling us? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I guess. Okay. All right. So, all right. Yeah. So you thought you had to say you were like looking over your shoulder. Yeah, I know it was felt felt like this like presence and oh. you know this yeah there was like weird signs that this guy I think it was a guy I'm not even sure I think it was a guy yeah was stalking me and putting boxers in my wake or, you know where I go creepy yeah really creepy all right. so that was another life changing moment okay. all right I mean this one is a classic everyone knows about this you know when they ran out of the turkey legs. At Epcot. Oh, yeah. Life-changing. I have not been the same since. Episode 111. Right. There's literally a red rant every day about Disney. No, that's true. I think that changed changed all our lives in that I just don't think that we can ever go to Disney again with you. Like, you, you, it's too greedy for you. Yes. You feel like they're too greedy. Yeah. They're too greedy. And I can't get over the greed. And it's just life-changing. Yeah. Just total life-changing. Yeah, that's that's the definition of a life change. Yeah. Yeah. So all the, all the serious things going on in the world. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, the circle of consent. Oh, you, the circle of consent. Yes. Now remember. That's an old one. Yeah. You didn't want to go. No. And you stayed home. I'm and not, I did go. I'm not into that. Yeah. 
So I, explain what that is. Okay, so basically it's a retreat. You go. This is a real thing. This is a real retreat. Yeah, you go and there's a, like a group of us. And I, and I did went. There was like seven. I think there was like seven of us. Okay, and we kind of, we got into a circle. We did have to disrobe. Ew. Okay, yeah. I was just like Jumanji, Jumanji, Jumanji. And I, like in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to so pretend we're doing. I disrobed. Yeah. Ew. Sorry, people. <laughs> Visualize and, that. And, you know. Things from there just took a turn. Right. Like they, they took a real weird turn. Yeah. Kind of like this episode. And <laughs> and I, you know, I, I wanted, I said, you know what, I got to get out of this. How did I get into this? And I think the guy with the boxers was there, you know, that had been putting them. You, you know, know you're a stalker. You might know you're a stalker was yeah. there. And I felt very violated. I felt very violated. So you didn't consent in the circle of consent? I Yes, exactly. I took away my consent. Oh. And from, What happened? Well, then people started getting, you know, very angry at me. They wanted your consent? They wanted, they bullied me. Oh. They, they, insults, a lot of insults. I got a lot of insults oh, no. about things, yeah. So and, they, they wanted, what does consent mean? Like you're supposed to do I, what? <laughs> I, I think you're, I mean, what? There's just a, I can't I can't a lot go into of hand it. Hand motions is, going on right yeah, now. <laughs> I can't go into it. On this. this is a family show, so I can't really go into it. You're supposed to consent. You're supposed to lots to, of yeah, sorts of stuff. Things, okay. Yeah, and and they and give them the, give them uh, your wallet and everything like that. Oh. And um, you know, I I took my wallet and I ran. I had to get out of there. Yeah. 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 So that was a doozy. All right. All right. And you know, the last one, um, that really changed my life, it made me the man I am today. When I Graduated from Harvard University, the (laughs) 354th commencement service is the one I was at. Um, We had a nice ceremony beforehand at the Memorial Church with Reverend Mark D.W. Edgington. (laughs) You're Um, like reading directly from your phone. No, I'm not. No, not at all. (laughs) I could take off your glasses, you zoom it in. Yeah, it was, I think, the best commencement speech of all time, they said. Okay. Um, You know, I met the dean. That's so weird I wasn't there. Yeah, President Lawrence (laughs) H. Summers was there. Uh, Really, seniors from the Dudley House. Everybody was there, you know. Resident Julie Lewandowski was there. All right, I mean, we it, get it, it was we get it. Yeah, Name it was drop, name drop. Okay. Yeah, I don't like to name drop. So that was life changing for you. That was life changing for me. And now uh, you're Dr. Yes. You're Dr. Scott. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Scott. That's what they call me. PhD in what? When when I check into the What was your what did you major in? History. Oh. History. P- yeah. You're a doctor of history? Yeah, of course. What was your specialization? Like what what was your thesis on? And oh stuff? my thesis okay. So <laughs> at Harvard? Or, yeah. Or, oh. At Harvard. At Harvard it was um in between the wars, it was 19, <laughs> between World War One and World War Two, from 1919 to uh, 1939. Just that was your whole thesis? It was all about the interwar years, yeah. Interwar years? Yeah, and mostly in uh, Germany. The interwar yeah. years in Germany. Germany, yeah. Okay, 19, yeah. all right. Okay. I don't know. That sounds, that sounds plausible? good. Yeah. Plausible? I don't okay. know why not. All right. So <laughs> I hope I made you guys laugh. I hope we made you laugh a little bit. Yeah, we felt bad about the, the opening segment being so depressing. <laughs> so contagious with my low vibes. Yeah, it was really contagious. I'm not allowed to go pick up the kids from school because, like, you don't know what kind of small talk conversation I might just completely destroy yeah, with I other mean, mothers. That's right. I, I mean, when Abby goes to dance, we don't let you go anymore because <laughs> who knows what you're going to tell the dance moms. Who knows? Like, when someone's like, you know, yeah. you bring in cupcakes next week, and I'm like, yeah. did you see that? Did you see that bombing? <laughs> did, did you see? We're all we're all just three D humans. Yeah. All right. You can't let me out. All right. When we come back, we're gonna do a kitty poo ad. That's fitting. Okay. And when we come back, how you know when your life has changed? I have two cats. I have Rocky and Dusty, and they're just joys in my life. They're furry little joys in my life. Uh, kitty poo club helps me take care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership. So I can just get back to giving them all the attention and love that they deserve. So what is Kitty Poo Club? Kitty Poo Club is the most convenient monthly litter box ever. Like I really wish I knew about this sooner because it works and it's easy and it takes away the litter box situation. 
Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable and recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. They even have an XL litter box option for all those chunky cats out there, as they call them. When the month is up, just recycle the used litter box, and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. You can easily customize your subscription at any time, too. Maybe add some toys, treats, accessories, whatever will make you and your kitty happy. And right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering an awesome discount on your first litter box order and free shipping when you set up an auto ship. Just go to www.kittypooclub.com to save on your first auto ship order of litter boxes with free shipping and be sure to let them know, know your aura sent you after you check out. That is kittypooclub.com. Looking around social media, I guess everywhere, We tend to look, television, what they feed us in terms of what life change looks like in books, TV, movies. It seems like we have to have some sort of over-the-top dramatic culminating event to have a life change. Some sort of horrific happening or a moment of total devastation and destruction. Of course, that can happen. That does happen. That has happened to many of us. But more often than not, with a lot of you, the way life changes is pretty quiet. Even the dramatic life changes, it's something which quietly washes over you, not crashes all around outwardly for people to notice. And I wanted to talk about that today. I wanted to give a voice to that because it's so lonely. It's so isolating And it's not always a fanfare moment when you realize your life has completely changed. Sometimes it's just you sipping your coffee, looking around as if you are watching a movie with a sudden realization that, yeah, I don't belong here anymore. This is going to change now. I wanted to talk about today how you know when your life is turned upside down, how you know when it's changed. And it isn't always accompanied by some sort of public scandal or dramatic announcement on social media. It can be, but for a lot of us, it's kind of just that quiet, powerful undertow that just pulls you under. And what's interesting is how you keep it silent. And I read a lot of you, so I know... I know you do, (laughs) how you keep showing up like you did yesterday, even though you know that today you're different. It can feel like you're completely playing a role in a life that's not yours anymore, and you know it's going to be different. Sometimes these feelings come along after something has occurred. It can be weeks after someone you loved passed, or months after the breakup, or quite a while after the person you trust betrayed you. Sometimes it's after you got better from the life-changing diagnosis, or it's just the moment you let sink in whatever it has happened actually did happen. It's not always at the moment. Sometimes you're too busy surviving in the moment where the awful thing happened to understand that something has to change because change doesn't occur so much outside of you that, that it does in you. And you got to catch up to it. So processing is a normal thing which comes with life changes. They don't normalize that out there. A lot of people that we follow, influencers, they don't always normalize that these things take thinking before a life change happens. Sometimes we think it should happen in that moment, but processing is just a normal thing that comes with these life changes. It's something that hits you later in the quiet solitude, when at the end of the day, you're living with you, it's just you and you, and you have to answer to that truth deep within. That's when it can come upon you that everything can't be the same, that it can't go back to the way it was before. That's when you know your life has changed. And it's lonely. It can be very lonely. I think a lot of us, because we're fed this narrative that something has to happen in order for us to get a change, we'll do what we call on this podcast a purple bomb, even if you're not purple. We'll do some sort of sneaky 
self-destruction in, in order to justify that our life has changed. It's something that if we are more self-aware, we can just avoid that extra problem. If something happened two years ago and you're, it's just catching up to you now what happened, you don't have to put yourself through any more drama in order to admit that your life changed two years ago and you're just processing it today. I see a lot of people do the opposite of that. They perhaps, I mean, this is just an example, their partner cheated on them a few years ago. They have not gotten over it, even though they said they did. They did the therapy. They did the thing. It's nothing, you know, it just, whatever. Their life changed two years ago and they couldn't go back, but they did. And they were doing it for two years. And then for one moment, they're just like, I can't do it anymore. But it's almost like they feel silly saying that because, well, I said I was over it. So I guess this is a me problem now. And yeah, it is. It is. But you don't have to do something self-destructive in order to say that it's over. So I'll just see people kind of putting themselves in situations where they're the bad guy now. Um if that makes sense. Like maybe they'll start dating somebody else or they'll, I don't know, do something that makes the heat on them in order to justify getting out of it. I mean, that's just one example, but yeah, we don't have to do these sneaky self-destructive things in order to justify that our life changed a while ago because it's okay that you don't change it in the moment that whatever happened, happened. Um, I'll see people just throwing their lives apart, looking for a reason to justify what they already know within, that their life is different, that it has changed. Um, But you don't have to do that. You can listen to your gut and you can just know that that feeling alone is enough. That feeling alone is enough. And you don't have to add anything else to prove it to yourself outside of that. And when your life changes, sometimes on paper, people won't agree. And a lot of us can get stuck on that, what it looks like on paper or how you're going to explain it to your kids in 10 years or your in-laws or your parents or your friends or whatever. And, And honestly, a sufficient response is I processed it and I changed and I couldn't go back. And that's it. It was my feeling and it's something that is authentic to me and not everybody understands that. And I get it. And when you do something, sometimes I won't get it, but I'll still support you. When you have a feeling it's valid and that's it. And you can teach yourself that you can teach other people that. So I wanted to go through, I guess, some of these quiet feelings you may have when your life has changed, these quiet, heavy signals that things are different. The first thing is this complete acceptance of truth. And we all know what it feels like to get hit with truth. It does not feel good. It doesn't. All of a sudden, your ego defenses against truth are completely down. The fortress is vulnerable, (laughs) okay? You just allow truth to invade that part of you. Um, you know, the marriage isn't working, the, you know, your, your career was not the one you were supposed to have, the way you were going about life, you know, it's just not working. You fundamentally feel the weight of this truth, and now you've let it enter your space. You've surrendered to it. The energy of it fills you and starts to move you along with it. Is it hard? Yes. Is it emotional? Yes. Does it also feel really freeing? Yes. The forces you've been trying to deny, the things that you were so good at distracting from, all that energy you spent avoiding this truth, building those fortresses, you just, you just gave up on that. And now you just let the truth flow through you. It's not easy, but in a way it can be the easiest thing you've ever done. You have a peace with it usually, a knowing that this was always the way it was supposed to be. doesn't mean you feel good, but it does feel somewhat right? And it feels kind of like you can rest now. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. 
Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Another thing that happens with this is all of a sudden you have this clarity to everything that led you to this, all the paths that got you to where you are right now. It's very cleared up. The past and the present connect. You allow yourself the time to look back and see all the reasons why you are where you are. Major clarity here. And you can see it as plain as day. You see the patterns, the things you weren't allowing yourself to notice or let into your rational thought. You see the past and the present just linking up and stitching together. And you can see why you are the way you are. And you can have some huge realizations right here about patterns in your life. And it can be a big break a pattern moment. So this is where you're like, wow, I always do that. Because when the truth comes in, spirit can speak to you because you're vulnerable. And so the only probably good part of being kind of in a life change moment where things aren't feeling great is that at least you're very open to hearing the truth from spirit, that voice inside yourself, your higher self speaking to you. You see things very honestly and in full detail and color. There can be some stuff you don't want to hear in there, but you accept it. And you know that you can use it to make the future different than the past. So this is how you break patterns. Um, third thing that happens when you are in these moments, when you know it's all can't go back to the way it used to be, is you're very clear all of a sudden on what you do want. Could have been very fuzzy before, but now you understand what wasn't working and you have this closer unification with your own personal truth. You can feel a lot clearer on what you want when before you were so clear, were so focused on keeping the status quo going. So all that energy and keeping the same old, same old continuing is gone. And all that energy can now, it's freed up to heal, get self-aware, hear truth. And then this clarity for like, well, I know what I want and I know what I don't want very clearly. Even though the choices moving forward may be inconvenient or stressful or emotional, even though they may not fit your past character or even be totally not understandable to the people around you, you will have total clarity in what you need now in life, what has to happen, you know what you want, and you value it higher than other people's thoughts and opinions and judgments of you. You care about more about what you want than what you look like on paper. So that's another reason why you know your life is changing. Fourth thing, you really start to declutter. You, I mean, literally you can start doing this if, they, if you're having a life change moment. If you ever had a life change moment, I'm sure you've all had something like this. You usually can like attack it in a literal way. Um, like you rampage through your closet, your room, your garage, you're donating, throwing things out, gifting things to people. You don't have these attachments anymore. What you're really trying to do is a spiritual thing is you're trying to lighten up your load. A lot of times it's a metaphor here for unchaining yourself from the past. Possessions are chains. The things our ego used to, has used to keep us in the world that no longer works for us are usually these possessions, stuff, clutter. Now that the clarity is here, you know that life in the world, in that world that you were really chained to doesn't work for you anymore. So you're completely ready to shed that skin. You're ready to unchain yourself from these things, these material items that prolonged your stay in this current situation. And you can also declutter your personal life here. And this is a lot of times when your life changes, you lose a lot of relationships, friends. Usually you move. A lot of moving can happen. Um, you're just ready to have things around you that reflect more of you and don't feel like a trap. You've been in a trap for so long, a trap of your ego, a trap of you from the past, and you're ready to get rid of a lot of stuff. 
Yeah, I know. Mean, have you ever been in something so awful? I mean, why do people go to the hair salon? Why do people cut off their hair when they're going through something? You know, why do people sometimes up and move? Why do people purge their stuff? Because they're just trying to rid themselves of who they thought they were and ready to step into a new version of themselves. Huge life change thing there. Fifth thing, you get very honest with other people. Whether they can handle it or not, you're like allergic to lies or diversions from truth. So what's going to happen here is you're going to get called messy. We've all been a little messy at some point. And sometimes you meet a messy person and you're like, oof, yeah, (laughs) you know, they're going through something. They're going through something. Um, Many of us, we've been there uh, when we were going through a thing and we get a little honest when we should be doing more small talk, but it's just easier to be a hundred percent at this time. So when you're messy, it's just because you just, you don't have the energy to create easier, more digestible versions of yourself to the people at the, around the water cooler, you know, or at book club or at the pickup line with the other moms. Like you just don't have that ability to create versions of yourself that's, that aren't, you know, that are just like more understandable to other people. Um, but here it is a lot, you know, but when you're kind of going through this, it's easier for you to be like a hundred percent with yourself and others And it does open you yourself up. You're ready to go, okay, I'm ready for therapy. I'm ready for rehab. I'm ready to get the help I needed to address whatever health concerns I have. I'm I'm ready to do the things I've been putting off for a very long time to make me more healthy. So you're just very raw and ready for change in all areas. Sixth thing, the things you always had in the back of your mind all of a sudden rush to the forefront. These are the things that you spent a lot of time suppressing. These are the things that were nagging at you. These are the thoughts and the intuition, the little gems of intuition that you shushed. Well, now they're loud and clear. Now they're in I told you so mode. Now your spirit guides are like, well, we told you. We, we, we told you. Um, in an attempt to make you understand that this is the voice that you needed to listen to then, And in the future, really uphold. This is an opportunity for you to remember how it felt when you didn't listen to those things so that when it happens again, you do listen. That's all. These are the voices that are the most important. You know, that's you. That's your connection to source and spirit. That's yourself. That's your higher self. These are the most important things. And they get very loud when your life is changing. They get very loud. You already knew these things. You always did know these things. Your intuitions, like when you're raw, that's the best thing. Like you don't have the guilt associated with not listening, I guess, with listening to your intuition. So if you don't like somebody when you're going through something, it's like, yeah, I'm going to listen to that because I don't got time. Or an opportunity is popping up. You're not as scared as you usually are in life to not take it. You're like, I'm not taking that. It's not for me. Something else will pop up. You're just clearer and you can listen to yourself better. And, and all the things that you did that kept you hushing it and why you have this moment here where you can understand that you really do need to be aligned to it, never shut that out. You know, we can get stuck in the should have, could haves here. We want to punish ourselves for not listening. That part's not helpful. That is your ego. It's hurtful to feel true sometimes. It's hurtful to be like, oh, wait, you know, I did know that. And I spent, I wasted so much time not listening to it, but you do need to feel it. So you can pat yourself on the back, learn the lesson and move forward in a way that you don't do that again. You have to learn how to trust yourself. So feeling these feelings don't feel great because obviously you're going to get mad at yourself for wasting time or whatever, but there's never time wasted. Time is never wasted. Love is never wasted. Nothing is wasted if you got a lesson from it. Okay. So like if you can take any lessons from the life that you're now leaving. And if you can remember what those voices feel like and how, tr- how close to your tr- truth you are in this moment, nothing, nothing's wasted. Seven, you love your own company the most now. When you are going, when your life is turning upside down, you really like being around yourself the most. You may feel more you than ever before. And even in this storm, even in the misery and the mess, there's just something about you that can feel like the most comfortable. So you may start to treasure your own company really long for it. You may need more alone time. 
eight. You can feel really confused, upset, out of control, stuck, and above all, really isolated. Most people live in their 3D world, even all of us. When life becomes a bit mundane, we live in it too. We're creatures of habit. We go through the same day over and over and over again. It's not until something awful happens you appreciate that. So you got to remember that people don't like to be reminded that all this can be taken away, that life is so very, very temporary. People do not like to be reminded of that. And when you are going through a life change, you can be very triggering to some people. They don't want to hear it and they're going to judge you for it. Perhaps, um, perhaps at some point in your life, I know this happens to me, when someone that you loved really died, really died and, and you were without them. And you have to, you have to go live life now. I remember being so weirded out. Why does everybody care about getting gas? Why does everybody care about putting their garbage out on Mondays? Who are all these people grocery shopping? Why didn't their world just end too? So isolating. When your life turns upside down, you wake up for a moment. You see things without the filter that we usually do. You are raw. And people don't get it. And the ones who do, they are a precious few. People can be scared or anxious about it. People don't want to walk into that storm usually. They avoid it. They can avoid you. Nine. We are built for survival. You will get through this. If I have learned anything from doing as many readings as I have, I know this. The things I have seen people overcome, it's amazing, really. The ways people can survive and not just survive, thrive, you can too. You can get through this. You will get through it and you'll be different for it yet but different isn't bad it's just different it's going to scrape off a layer of who you thought you were but you're under there too no matter how deeply you are scraping yourself at this time you're there and you're going to be okay you can always lean on that in these moments you also may notice when you're going through these upending life changes that you start to focus on only what you can control and you let go of what you cannot. Very freeing. It's cutting the loose ends that will save you when life spirals. You can't hang on to everything when you're free falling. You have to grab what is for sure. Those are the people, the opportunities, the strength in you, which is eternal. And you will narrow your focus to it. The strength in you will shine very brightly and it will burn away things that you no longer need and that is okay when your life changes it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes first you burn and it hurts and then it doesn't look like much but when you rise again you're new and shiny and ready Finally, in these life changes, you're going to learn to speak your truth and you're going to learn to ask for help when you need it. When your life changes, you can't expect people to read your mind, but you can practice your self-advocacy for yourself too in speaking to your own self. You will learn what you need from you, what you need to get so that you can get through. You will learn to understand yourself better. You will learn to lean on source and spirit and self the most. In these times of turmoil, you're going to learn who you really are. You're going to learn that there is a part of you inside that is connected to something so much bigger than this. And when your life is upside down and your life is spiraling and everything changes and everything you thought was true crumbles. The only good thing that happens is that you learn what's real. And you learn what is real 
you already always had. Because life changes are very, very quiet. Because they've never, ever happened outside of you. That happens all the time. Life changes constantly. You change. You are the one that changes. And it's okay to express that and honor it and validate it because it's happening to you. And if people don't understand it, it's not your problem nor your responsibility to educate them on it further than just speaking your truth. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right, so that, that was a little deeper than mine, obviously. Uh, those much, much deeper life changes than I had uh, come up with. But well, hopefully it just helps everybody understand that you are in your own experience, you experience things on your own timeline, and sometimes it's not some sort of impressive event that happens when your life changes. Sometimes it's just that realization that it did, and now it's time to move forward differently when the outside stitches up with the inside. All right, well... I think we've depressed you today. We've made you laugh today. And then what I did was I, I scanned the Facebook group, the Facebook page, Miss Michaela's Spiritual Family, and I kind of just looked around, see which uh, posts were doing, a little popular, asking questions. So we, we took a few of those, and we're going to answer them now. Yeah, I to, love to the contributions. Up. You all give such amazing nuances, such amazing contributions, such amazing insight for everyone to feel less alone or to think or to ponder. So I'm excited about this. All right, what do you got? All right, so the first one I have is from Jenny. She says, I tried to search, but I couldn't find any posts, but I just finished David Grohl's book. Now, he is uh, from the Foo Fighters. He was in the band Nirvana. He's a drummer in Nirvana. Right, I think now he's a guitarist. He's an artist, musician, songwriter, producer, and yeah, he's the front runner of Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but anyway, uh, we've had a couple, I think, posts about him in the past too. Anyway, in his book, he, he discusses having a blue aura, being a psychic, Astral traveling and astral traveling with aliens. Oh, he's our people. So the, the person asked, thoughts, Mystic Michaela? <laughs> so when I look at him, he's indigo green. So yeah, I mean, maybe he calls it blue. I just see like a very deep blue on him and like the green's very sparkly, very kind of, I can see that link to the alien or the extraterrestrial, that kind of stuff, the science end of the psychic world. Uh, he seems like a really cool, sensitive person, like a really good listener, very introspective. I mean, obviously a lot of his songs, when you listen to them, are full of like power and passion. And and he also has this amazing kind of confidence about him where I feel like he's he really has used his green to solidify his confidence in his indigo. You know, a lot of indigos, because they're such deep feelers and because they can have issues with boundaries and letting other energies infiltrate them, he's, used, he's been able to use his green as some sort of barrier to that affecting him, which has probably helped him do so well um, on the public arena, but also stay really in touch emotionally to write songs that hit us where where it really hurts in a good way. So, so he's a cool guy. He's into go okay. green. Okay, so it seems like, you know, he's talking about having a blue aura and being psychic. It seems like he's telling the truth in this yeah, book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, like he gets it. And I love that, like, people can come out and, and say things like that. Yeah. And there are people, you know, because a lot of guys, not a lot of guys, I mean, listen, most of you are women listening, okay? There's, so it's nice when, like, a man comes forward and he's like, yeah, I believe in this stuff. or it, And it's actually helped my career. And this is how I use it. And green people, have, notoriously greens all the time, have to find their own pathways to believing something, which is fine. They just have to take whatever exists and explore it from top to bottom and make it their own. And then they'll explain it to you in the way that they did that. And, and I love that, like, that's probably what he does in this book. You know, he's, okay. he, he's, and, and it's cool to, like, have a guy that other guys are like, oh, but David Grohl, he's so cool. It's like, yeah, and he believes in astral traveling. Okay, so it's not weird if David Grohl does it. Yeah. And, like, he's cool. Yeah, have you so, ever astral traveled with David Grohl? Oh, my God, I want to. Okay, so if, if anyone has, if anyone <laughs> on the page or anyone listening has astral traveled with David Grohl, please let us know. With gas we, we, we're, prices, we're going to have to astral travel that's true. to do anything. Yes, that's so really true. We're that's gonna, a good solution. <laughs> so I think we should all have some sort of astral concert soon. Right. Um, I'm right. into it. All right. You have one? 
<laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay. So Galen H writes, oh my gosh, no, this is long, but it is so flippin' relatable. So just stick with me here. Caitlin, Caitlin H writes, in a sketchy situation, do other indigos have an instinct to, I guess, cooperate? I can't find the right word, but basically you're just like, okay, I'll act like nothing is wrong and be nice and get out of here ASAP. Like being nice will free you from the situation. Today, a guy that gave me odd vibes, not bad ones, just made me a little uneasy, came up and said, what a cute baby I have and touched her face. As it happened, I saw him reaching up to touch her like it was happening in slow motion, and I just froze and panicked and let him. Like, what the F? I am so mad at myself and just disgusted with my wimpy reactions to people. What is wrong with me? I carry so much anger in me and get really defiant and fired up sometimes because I feel things so deeply. I get angry easily, but it never comes out at the right moment. It's always delayed. It's as if some... Sorry. If it's someone with really bad vibes that send an alert through my whole system, I don't even walk near the person and go completely out of my way to try to avoid eye contact before it can even happen. And I wouldn't let anyone scary enough to touch me or my child. But with iffy people, I just let them. And I don't know why. It's like instead of fight or flight, I freeze. In high school, a group of sketchy guys approached me when I was alone in a parking lot and the leader guy seemed high and came up and talked to me and introduced himself and shook my hand and I let him. I completely blacked out and I don't even know what he said, but I just nervously laughed the whole time and made up an excuse to leave. I watched the rear view mirror my entire drive home. I'll never forget that day. These kinds of things have happened a lot. I have tons of stories. Sketchy men have always been attracted to me and never any of my friends. I am paranoid now when I go anywhere to a bit of an extreme level, but why do I do this cooperating nice acting and how can I change it? I want to be more upfront with people and not allow them into my space if I don't want them there. Wow. Wow. I relate to every flipping word. And when, when the kids were little, I did, I would have such anxiety. Well, I have postpartum depression, but then when, when Brie, our eldest, was little, I was absolutely terrified to go out alone with her because I did not trust myself to protect her. That's like even the grocery store. Like I was so petrified because everything she's saying, I, I get because I freeze too. Yeah. And I'll either avoid or freeze. And avoiding is a lot easier for me, you know. So why do you do this? This is your superpower. You probably know they're not dangerous. And so what happens is you use your charm and your empathy and your kindness to fit in in that moment. It's a survival tactic. So in somebody, especially those guys that approached her, like at her car or whatever, that's like, okay, I have to be a real normal, vulnerable person and likable. If I'm likable, I'm not an object to them. If I'm likable and real, they're not going to hurt me. See, these are all energetic things that, that you're doing. The guy that touched your kid's face, I get that. That's You probably knew he wasn't bad, but later as you process it in your head, you're like, but he could have done this to her or he could have done that to her or he could have, you know, all these other things. And then you take it on yourself as not being the protective person that you should be. Some of us just aren't good at screaming in someone's face, no. It, we're just not good at it. And then when we try to do it, it comes off really awkward and weird. So sometimes it's okay to go into your strength. Your strength is what I said, being indigo and just like flowing with it so you can get out of it. It's kind of like possums, you know, they play dead. That's what they do. They've also, I think they've been the long, around the longest of any mammal or something. So like it works for <laughs> yeah, them, yeah. you know, because that's their tactic. They play dead. I feel like a lot of indigos play dead in a way like, okay, like that. And it gets you out of things, but it can also, I guess like paying attention, this is what I've had to do and I'm not great at it, but what I've had to do is pay attention to the energy before and if it feel and trust it, so if somebody's coming at me and they feel wacky or odd, immediately big fake smile and it's like, I'll be right back or I'm on the middle, of, I'm doing middle of something or bye, I got to go somewhere, you know, or I have to go to the bathroom, we're running, we're in the middle of something. Just have it, big fake smile and don't, before they even make the first move, get out of it. No, that's, yeah. that's my only advice. Let me ask you this question, okay? Yes. And this is for all the mothers out there. Okay, yeah. now in the discussion group, a couple of days ago, they were talking about strangers coming up 
to their baby. Now, this might be pre-COVID. I'm not sure if this still goes on today. Oh, God. Pre-COVID. And, you know, maybe like touching the baby or holding the baby's hand yeah. or the finger of the baby, so whatever. Or or even when you're pregnant, people come up and just like touch they your- touch your belly. You touch your belly. They do. So is that just like a whole, like, what is that? I mean, I would, like for me, no, because, you know, I have the social distancing my whole you're life. A, you're a man. But like, like, I would hope you don't walk up to women and touch their belly. No, but like what if like you know, some men maybe go up and touch their baby, like, or, yeah. you know, hold their baby's hand or something. That's what they were saying. Yes, uh, that's true. Group. That happens. Is yeah. that like just a whole when other pre- issue there? Well, yeah. When you're pregnant, for some reason, society doesn't feel like your body belongs to you anymore. So people think they can comment, touch and and do that. So like when I mean that's I think that if you've been pregnant that's happened to you. Okay. It's less stressful if it's some old woman at the pharmacy coming up to you and like, "Oh, and it just touches you." You're like, "Okay, it's a you know, you're not scared. You're just like, really." Um when they start touching your baby's hands and face, even pre-COVID, I always yeah. and the kids too. I'm like, "Don't touch babies." And if we know the baby, just touch their feet. You know, or something like that, not hands or face. But okay. I don't think people, people think, you know, they just want to touch the baby. So I get it. But I don't think all the time, like men understand that for women, that's just like men not understanding themselves. Like they don't understand that for women, it's like you're crossing a line okay. because we're still animals. Right. You know, we're still mama bears when we have babies. And like, especially if somebody we don't know is coming into our, like we get very upset, even if you're not a danger, like we just please stay away. So I think that's part of it. But yeah, when you're pregnant, uh, society doesn't feel like you own your body. So everybody touches you and makes comments. Okay. And afterwards, they like to tell you <laughs> how you look after. They or, le- Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, let me, I'm like, great. Thanks for the unsolicited body comment. <laughs> Didn't need that, but okay. Hey, that's what I felt like when I was in the circle of consent. Okay. <laughs> At that moment the in time, I felt like comments. a pregnant woman, okay? Like for the one moment of my life, I felt like a pregnant woman. Okay. Unsolicited body count. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of those. I mean, a lot. I, I, things about me I didn't even know. All right. One or two more. Here we go. All right. Okay. Elizabeth says, what are yellow-purple or yellow-blue or blue-purple combos doing for work? Okay. Does anyone work from home and how do you like it? My purple needs change desperately, and my blue wants to help people, and my yellow is annoyed that I'm in my 30s and still confused <laughs> as AF. So a lot going on She's there. She's a tricolor. She could be a tricolor. What's yeah. her name? Elizabeth. First of all, Elizabeth, you're a tricolor. So welcome to your life. Um, the, tor- the tornado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said in the kid episode, um, the Kidora episode, you know, tricolors are great as kids because they're like, yeah, I'll try baseball and ballet and and this, and that, da-da-da, all the time, different stuff. But then you're an adult, and you're like, no, pick one. And it's like, that's not me. I like to try all sorts of things. Like, okay, that's the first thing going on. Society doesn't pat you on the back for wanting to try a bunch of different things in life, even though for you, sometimes for you, it's perfectly normal. Other people aren't going to agree with, and society won't applaud you for. Why? It's very, very important to go inward and remember that the only thing that matters is your own satisfaction with yourself. Secondly, when you're purple, you have to change it up often. So career changes are necessary when you're purple. They just are. Like you get bored, you get sick of it. Sometimes career, you know, what is it? Some people live to work and that's great, but a lot of us just work to live. And if you can, if you can live to work and like really enjoy that, that's awesome. Good for you. But if you're just working to live, then you have to think about what you can do so you don't feel stuck or trapped or upset. So when she was talking about the, di- those are like very different aura combinations. And I did like an aura career episode, but what are the aura combinations? I'll just give a couple suggestions. Okay. First one is yellow purple. Yellow purples need to work for themselves in some sort of capacity. Even if they work for a company, they need to have complete free reign over what their projects are or whatever. Um, that's the yellow purple combo. It has to be something like where here's the work, I do it, I have my own office, the door shuts, people, there's no micromanaging. Yellows cannot handle it. Um, they like to work in like design, sometimes administration, um, yellow purples, running, running a place, uh, real estate, sales. All right, what's the other combo? Next one is yellow blue. Yellow blues, they got to be caretakers. So I just see a lot, again, because the yellow cannot be micromanaged. But yellow blues, 
can handle, usually they're in a healthcare thing, usually. Like, so if you do something with therapy or healthcare or where you're doing something where you're helping other people, but, you know, you take notes and you, and you monitor things or whatever, that works. If you're not in a healthcare profession and you're yellow blue, running an office, teaching, again, something where you're very self-sufficient and helping other people. What's the last one? Okay, and the last one is blue-purple. Well, good luck. <laughs> what to tell you like that you need maybe a nine to five doesn't work for you it has to be like you go in at 10 or like you know every day is a little different or uh, maybe there's travel involved or something where your day isn't monotonous I think like if you could avoid monotony when you're purple blue that's great a lot of purple blues um also, like, even if you do have an, uh, I guess, a more typical job, like, a lot of teachers are purple blues. A lot of teachers. I see purple blue teachers all the time. It's because you get summer off and vacation and you're in charge of a bunch of kids, class, artistic things. Okay. Okay. All right. And I think we'll just wrap it up with our DMs. I've yes. been, you know, most people know this. I get about four to five DMs a month. How many are from the KYA stalker? Three. Three. <laughs> So, and lately those four or five DMs that I get per month have been asking, what are the Ukrainian president, what are yes. Ukrainian president Zelensky's aura colors? I think I got, I mean, I knew it right away when yeah. I saw him, but you, you can do it. He's red and blue and um, his wife's yellow purple and, and he's yellow, he's red and blue. I mean, yeah, I think like, well, first of all, they're a very inspiring people, the Ukrainians, I have to say. I think they remind me a lot of us Americans and just their scrappiness and their willing, like, we're not going to back down, you know, and it's either we win or I don't make it out of here. That's his vibe. And he means it. Yeah. And he 100% will, he couldn't live with himself if he didn't go down with the ship. So I hope it doesn't come to that. But that's, he set his mind to it. Very red. Reds are stubborn. And when they're good leaders, they won't ask you to do anything that they won't do themselves. So that's like a big thing for him. His wife is she's pissed. So I can see her. Um, I know she is a writer, but I can see her using her words to really. That's her sword. That's that's her that's her weapon. Her words. Um, so just really going out there and just, I guess, really astutely and intellectually talking about what is happening here and and taking down a regime or or what's. Yeah, taking down a regime just by pointing things out very plainly as yellow purples can do. They're very honest people, very honest and direct, and they don't they don't suffer BS. And so I feel like that's that's her dealing with this right now. Okay. All right. I'm sure people will appreciate that. Yeah. Take on it. All right. It's been a ride today. It has been a ride. Thank you all for taking that ride and that journey with us. Um, as always, this podcast is for you and about you. Always love to hear your thoughts, your life-changing moments when you know when you knew that your life changed over on the Mystic Michaela spiritual family page. You all take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.